This morning, I'm going to do my best to deliver to you what the Lord has placed in our heart in just a moment. Those of you that's going to class, feel free to do so at this time. Those in the sanctuary today, I'm going to invite you, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, to begin to turn to Judges chapter number 15. Judges chapter number 15. Let me also welcome those that are joining us by way of live stream this morning. Uh, to our church family and uh, others that are joining us so faithfully, uh, we say good morning to you and welcome uh, to the service today. And we pray that it is a blessing to you. Judges chapter number 15, we will be there in just a moment of time. And uh, the Lord would help me today. I hopefully we'll be able to deliver to you an encouraging word in the next few moments but I want to be very transparent and honest and real with us today and uh, I want to hopefully challenge us to be better in the present than we've ever been and how many knows that in order for us to do that we need the leading of the Holy Spirit the impartation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We find ourselves in a place in this nation that is very unsettling, very disturbing. But let me say this morning, we did not get here overnight. But we have found ourselves where we are now because, and I know we may not want to hear this this morning, but because as a nation, we have done evil in the sight of the Lord. So we have to put the responsibility where it belongs today. And I will take it a little further this morning. I promise we'll end good, okay? But not only has the nation done evil in the sight of the Lord, but the church within the nation has done evil in the sight of the Lord. A little over 40 years ago, when we should have screamed with the top of our lungs, we sat silent. And because of that, we have slaughtered over 60 million babies. I want that to settle in because the very onset of your Bible the story of Cain and Abel. Where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? He simply said this, the voice of his blood is crying from the ground. For over 40 years now in this nation, there has been a voice of innocence that's been and penetrating the ears of God because we have chose to do evil then we wonder why we find ourselves in the current condition that we are now I'm not going to focus a whole lot on one particular issue today but if the Lord would help me for a few moments I'm going to talk to you about exposing the hollow place 
You see, because of that event and many others, such as us choosing to sit silent while they said we shouldn't pray in school and we shouldn't take our Bibles to school, and now we sit there and say, well, I just don't understand why our children are being exposed to so much evil. Are we really that naive this morning? It's because of the choices that we have made. A.W. Tozer said this, and we'll get to our text in just a moment. A.W. Tozer, he wrote these words, If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. However, if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church in Acts, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. That is how backslidden we have become in the American church. All I can say this morning is God forgive us and God help us. In your Bibles, we'll be in Judges chapter 15 in just a moment, but if you was to begin in chapter number 13, and I'm just going to run us up very quickly, we would find that it says in verse 1 of chapter 13 that the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And he had placed them in the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. But it was in this time that there was a man by the name of Manoah. He was married and his wife's womb was barren and the angel of the Lord come to her and simply said that while you are barren, know this, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And immediately the conversation continues and he says, the angel says unto Manoah's wife and chapter 13 verse, verse 4 and 5 said now therefore beware I pray thee and drink not wine nor strong drink and eat not any unclean thing for lo thou shalt conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come on his head for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb notice this this is his purpose he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines now Manoah's wife after this encounter she runs to her husband and begins to have conversation with him and shares with him the very same thing that I just shared with you. There was a man that came to me and said that I'm going to bring forth a son. And then he said that I have to make sure that I conduct myself in a particular manner. And immediately Manoah responds and he simply says in verse number 8 that he intrigued the Lord. It means that he cried out unto the Lord. And he said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us, notice this, and teach us what we shall do unto the child. Now if you read on in that chapter, you will find that the Lord answered his request and he simply said, he, you are to do the same thing that I told you before. You are to make sure that you do not give yourself to wine and strong drink. You need to make sure that you don't eat any unclean thing. You need to make sure that you keep yourself in a manner because the child that you're getting ready to give birth to is going to be a Nazarite from the womb. And therefore, he is going to be a deliverer of the people of Israel. You're very familiar with the story, I'm sure. 
But notice as Manoah was willingly embracing the word that was spoken prophetically over his life and his wife's life, and he embraced the word of the Lord, we find and you get to the end of that chapter that it says, And the woman bare a son in verses 24 and 25, and they called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan. Now, if you was to ever really grab a hold of the words that Isaiah said when the words of the Lord was simply this, my ways are higher than your ways. Well, this is definitely a picture of God's ways being higher than our ways because Samson, he's just a mess when you read his life. He's just all over the board, and you can celebrate great victories, but you also can say, what in the world was he thinking? Kind of like our lives, if we would just be honest. Sometimes we have it all together, and sometimes we just have it all apart. And uh, we don't like to admit that, but that's just the truth of the matter. But we find that as Samson begins to be moved on by the Lord, and, and I want to get us to chapter 15 in just a second, but we begin to see him operate with supernatural strength. Now, we see that if you get into chapter number 14, he begins to take a journey with his mom and dad, and all of a sudden a lion comes against him, and he simply had nothing in his hands, but he took that lion and ripped it like it was a kid, like it was nothing there. He just destroyed it with his bare hands. Supernatural strength. We find that if you read on a little further, because this was really, the, the, the Manoah and his wife didn't really understand what was going on because the Lord began to put a passion in Samson's heart that he didn't really understand either, I think, at the moment. But he began to look at the daughters of the Philistines and he began to desire them instead of those of his own. And actually, chapter number 14, we find that Manoah and his wife was very disturbed by this. He says, well, why don't you just pick one of the young ladies here? He said, no, I desire her. But and it says that they did not know that this was the work of the Lord. Now, God was doing something abnormal in those times. And he began to position a deliverer inside the Philistines because he said that after 40 years of been in captivity, I'm going to bring my people to a place of freedom. Now, when you read through chapter 14, you will find that he picks this young lady to be his wife. Things begin to happen, but he reaches into the carcass of this lion that he has destroyed, and there is honey there, and he takes it out, and he gives a riddle to the Philistines and he says they'll never figure this out either if you figure it out within the next seven days then I will give you th all a garment and I'll give you all this kind of stuff and they said there's no way you're going to figure this out and he knew but his wife began to pressure him and she began to weep in his presence and she began to press him in such a manner that he begins to tell the answer to this riddle and on the seventh day we find that they tell him the answer to the riddle that he had put forth and he said I know that there's no possible way for you to know this unless somebody has betrayed me but in the midst of that moment 
he goes down and he slays 30 men, brings their garments back and gives them. And in his anger and frustration, he goes away. He then returns. When he returns, he finds that his father-in-law has given his wife to one of his companions. We now find that one man goes and captures 300 foxes. He must be a really good hunter is all I can say. 300 foxes. He ties them tails to tail. This sounds kind of like what some of my older brothers did. I never did that. But you talk to Phil and Don, they'll ask them. They will tell you. And uh, they tied the tails together. Then they put a flame between the tails, and he releases them and runs through the cornfields and the, and, and the fields of harvest, and we find that everything is destroyed. Now, the Philistines began to say, who did this? And they said, it was Samson. They go to Samson's wife takes her and all of her family and they burn them and destroy them. Now, Samson says, I am going to avenge her death and then I'm going to be done. He's like, I'm over all of this craziness. I am finished. But he goes and he begins to find himself where he is in an intense battle and we find that all of a sudden, he slays men. He goes to the rock of Edom, and he's sitting there. Now, all of this transpires, and we're like, this guy's really a mess. His life's a mess. His family's a mess. Everybody around him is confused, and nobody really understands what's taking place because at this time, honestly, Israel had become content. They had become complacent. They had become full of apathy. And they was quite satisfied with being under the rule of the Philistines at this point. Because of the simple fact, now, after all of this has transpired, after the foxes run through, we find that he goes and he's done and the Philistines went up in chapter number 15, verse number 9, where we're going to begin this morning. They went up and pitched in Judah, and they spread themselves to Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why are you come up against us? And they answered, Because we come to bind Samson because of this. To bind Samson are we come to do to him as he has done to us. Now we find that 3,000 men of Judah, they went to, stop, went to the top of the rock of Edom, and they said to Samson, notice this, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? And what is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, we are come down to bind thee that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, 
And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hand. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand and took it, and he slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass have I slain a thousand men. And it come to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and he called that place Ramatha Lehi. Now, and he was sore thirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. But God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw Meaning this, in that particular place, not the jawbone, but in that particular place, he cleaved out a hollow place, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore, he called the name thereof in Hockery, which is in Lehi unto this day. Now you say, what does all of this mean? Notice. The men of Judah was completely unaware of what God was doing in that season of time. I am afraid this morning that the church is completely unaware of what God is doing in this time. We must awaken from our apathy. We must awaken from the place of complacency. And we must once again begin to hear the voice of God in this moment. Notice, they was completely satisfied with being enslaved and in bondage, but yet when they began to see someone disrupting the status quo of that day, they had no hesitation of getting 3,000 to come together to go against one man to say, we got to get him out of our presence. He is upsetting the apple cart, so to speak, and therefore we've got to do something with Samson because we don't want anything to be disruptive because, listen, they had bought into political correctness. Now, today in America, we find this. Nobody wants to talk about sin in the church because we don't want to upset anybody. We want everybody to just feel all warm and fuzzy. We just want everybody just to be, be feeling like it's a safe place. Listen, I understand that to a certain degree. But I want, to understand, I want you to understand with me. Without the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, all of us will die lost in our sin. And therefore, we have to get to a place where we allow the Lord to move in the lives of men and women once again. But we find when Samson comes on the scene, everything begins to be disrupted. And we find that the men of Judah, 3,000 of them, come up to where he is. And they begin to talk to him and say, do you not know that they are lords over us? Do you not know that they have power and authority over us? You see, when you begin to start talking about Jesus Christ being the only way to heaven, 
people begin to get very nervous around you today in this nation because everybody else is saying there's all many different types of ways. Uh, well, you can pray to who you want to and you can pray to who you want to, but we're all serving the same God, really. Uh, can, I, can I tell you, we have bought into so many different theologies and new age theories uh, that we have lost the identity uh, of who we really are been the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ. Uh, but notice as these 3,000 assembled uh, to go after Samson, they said, listen, uh, we're going to bind you and we're going to take you and give you uh, to the Philistines because we can't allow this to take place uh, because we're kind of fine where we are right now. How many times have I heard in the last eight months, uh, well, if we can just get back to normal. Listen, uh, when you go to normal, nobody's getting saved, nobody's getting delivered, nobody's getting set free, uh, and the world continues to spiral out of control. Uh, darkness continues to increase. Uh, we do not need to desire normal this morning, uh, but we got to get to a place where we realize uh, what God is doing. Uh, I sincerely believe this morning uh, in my time of study in my time alone with the Lord in prayer and meditation, I believe uh, that God is desiring to deliver his people again. And therefore, he is raising up uh, a generation uh, to bring about a deliverance uh, that men does not understand. Uh, the men of Judah didn't understand. Uh, the people of Judah didn't understand uh, that Samson uh, was about to begin to bring the deliverance uh, and they was going to be able to experience freedom, uh, but yet they said, we got to stop this thing. Uh, notice with me, uh, we find uh, in this time in history uh, that Samson just turns and says, you know what, uh, as long as you give me your word that you're not going to kill me yourself, uh, I will permit or I will allow you uh, to bind me. Uh, and we find that they did take the ropes and they bound his hands. Uh, and as they began to usher him down uh, from the rock of Etam, uh, they come to this place and the Philistines see him, the guy that has been giving them nothing but disruption uh, and, and trouble. Uh, and it says they began to shout aloud. And they began to be bolsterous and they thought we have him now uh, he's in front of us uh, he's uh, he's bound with ropes uh, that his very own people has brought him notice how Samson must have felt in that moment uh, been bound with ropes by the very ones who should have been defending him uh, he was handed over to those who he knew that wanted to destroy him and kill him uh, but his only request was simply uh, do not touch me. Uh, do not bring death to me. Uh, and they said, we won't do that, but we are going to deliver you to them. Uh, and notice, uh, he begins to stand. Uh, and all of a sudden, in the midst of complacency and apathy, uh, in the midst of uncertainty, uh, it says all of a sudden uh, that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, uh, and the cords uh, became as flax uh, that was burned with fire uh, and his bands was loosed. Uh, I believe I remember reading somewhere uh, where it simply said uh, that it was like fire that was shut up in my bones. Uh, there was something inside of Samson uh, that no matter what they bound on the outside, uh, they could not bind on the inside. Uh, and when the spirit began to move in him, uh, inwardly it began to work its way outwardly uh, and that which 
which man had put on him uh, began to be burnt off. Uh, That's why there's such a resistance uh, to the impartation of the Holy Spirit today. Uh, That's why the enemy is always telling you, uh, you don't need to go any deeper than you are. Uh, You're fine right now uh, because he knows uh, if you begin to burn on the inside, uh, it's going to affect the things on the outside uh, and that which the enemy has placed on you uh, cannot remain, uh, it cannot stay uh, and therefore we find in that moment uh, of complacency and apathy uh, and really in a backslidden state uh, uh, of the concerning Judah, we find uh, that God began to resurrect uh, a supernatural strength uh, and it was on display like a manner uh, that men had never saw uh, because in that moment of time uh, we find uh, that there was a jawbone of an ass that was lying there uh, and all of a sudden Samson reaches down, grabs a hold of it uh, and he slew a thousand men. Now, that may not make you excited uh, but it should. Because wasn't it ironic uh, that provision was provided uh, for him in that moment? Uh, Can I tell you today, uh, while it looks like everything is falling apart in many areas, uh, there is supernatural provision uh, that's been provided uh, for the church. Uh, We are not going to be without weapons. Uh, We are not going to be without that which we need. Uh, But God is strategically allowing things to be repositioned uh, and There is getting ready to be uh, an exposing uh, of something uh, that has needed to be exposed for some time. Uh, Notice in this story, uh, we find as Samson comes, uh, he slays uh, a thousand. uh, And all of a sudden, in that place, uh, he is tired. Uh, He takes that jawbone uh, and he casts it away. Uh, And the reason some theologians believe that he did uh, is because he had this understanding uh, if I hang on to this thing, uh, they're going to begin to worship it too because they had a problem with idol worship. Uh, and he said, I got to cast this thing away. Uh, and he simply, uh, uh, Ramatha Lehi, uh, the meaning is simply this, the casting away of the natural. Uh, and he was wanting to make us a statement of saying this, uh, Judah, you need to understand uh, what this victory just brought uh, was not through this jawbone, uh, but it was through a spirit of the almighty God and therefore he cast away the natural uh, and in the midst of that uh, all of a sudden uh, he is thirsty, uh, he is tired, uh, he is exhausted Uh, yes the lion was a powerful thing, Uh, yes the 30 men that he slew was a powerful thing, Uh, yes it took a lot of energy to capture 300 foxes Uh, but what about fighting a thousand grown men uh, and bringing death to them, Uh, he had used up everything that he had Uh, but in that moment of time he calls out unto the Lord uh, and he says Lord uh, are you going to allow me to die of thirst Uh, in this moment uh, I have nothing left Uh, I don't have anything Uh, but the Lord uh, in the midst of hearing his cry uh, it says but God Uh, But God uh, 
cleave a hollow place uh, that was in the jaw or in the place of Lehi in that moment. Uh, notice to cleave simply means to split uh, or to divide, or you could say this, to open up. Uh, and we find uh, that the, if something is hollow, uh, it means this, uh, it is void on the inside. It has a cavity in it uh, where it is not solid. Uh, so we find some believe it might have been a rock even, uh, but but God uh, claimed a hollow place uh, and we find uh, in a place of emptiness, uh, in a place uh, that nobody even really knew it was there, uh, but all of a sudden uh, he changed the, the, the structure or the landmarks in that moment. Uh, he split open a rock or whatever it was. Uh, everybody thought it was just solid, uh, but there was an empty place. Uh, and in the midst of the emptiness, all of a sudden water begins to fall. Uh, and it says that Samson reached in uh, and he got a hold of that water. He drunk it. Uh, notice, and it says, uh, his spirit came again uh, and he revived. Uh, now that's my introduction. I'm going to preach for 10 minutes. How's that? Uh, because I find this morning uh, what we began to see that Samson did uh, has been transpiring in the last little bit. Uh, we find uh, that in the midst of uncertainty, uh, in the midst of all of the, the, the attacks of the enemy, uh, in the midst of all of the darkness, uh, and yes, even in the midst of the complacency and the apathy of the church, uh, God has saw fit uh, to begin to birth a generation uh, to be deliverers. Uh, he didn't. He's not birthing them uh, to simply just preach a message. Uh, he's not birthing them uh, to simply do anything other than uh, to com complete the complete com uh, the, the great commission uh, to make it something uh, that is completed in this time frame. Uh, so we find uh, that when Samson comes on the scene, uh, he begins to be a deliverer. He begins to bring disruption. Uh, he begins to do all these things. Uh, but as he feels like it's almost over, uh, he calls on the Lord. Uh, and in that moment of weakness, uh, God brought about an exposing. Uh, he said, Samson, uh, it may look like there's no water here. Uh, it may look like there's no hope here. Uh, but let me move my hand uh, and let me show you something that's here that you don't yet see. Uh, and he made something split and divide and open. Uh, and there was a hollow place. Uh, it was empty. Uh, nothing there. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, water began to flow. Can I tell you uh, what Corona? coronavirus has done in the year 2020, uh, it has exposed a hollow place. And the hollow place isn't the world, but it's the church. We have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. We are just as upset and disturbed as everybody else. Uh, we have put our faith in men and did not put our faith in God. We are a backsliding church in America. Uh, but can I tell you, in the midst of the emptiness, uh, God is saying, I'm bringing back the curtain. Uh, everybody's looked at it and said, oh, the church is one well. Uh, we've got more buildings than we've ever had. Uh, we've got bigger crowds than we've ever had. Look at the numbers uh, uh, before the coronavirus hit at the beginning of the year. Uh, churches, some having 30,000 a week 
weekend, uh, 40,000 a weekend, everybody going to church, uh, everybody feeling good. Uh, 68% of Americans say, I'm a Christian, uh, but many of them have never, ever accepted Christ. Uh, can I tell you, uh, everybody's going to heaven today. Just read your obituary section. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, we find uh, that there began to be the hand of God, uh, and he said, I'm going to expose something. Uh, look, this thing that you think is solid, uh, this thing that you think is there, uh, he opened it, and guess what? Uh, when everything started crumbling down, uh, and the world began to see all kinds of stuff happening, uh, they said, what's happening? What's happening? And the church sat there and said, I don't know. But, you, but you're supposed to be in tune with God. I don't know. There was an exposing of a hollow place. But in the midst of weakness, people have began to do what Samson did. And they began to cry unto the Lord. And because of Samson's cry in chapter number 15, there was an exposing, but then there was also a supernatural gushing of water that occurred. And when Samson began to drink of it, his spirit revived and he began to experience and feel what he had felt previously. I want to say to you this morning, his cry, his acknowledgement of needing God produced a revelation of the true condition of the place he found himself in. The cry unto the Lord today by the remnant across this nation is producing a revelation of the place that we find ourselves in. But it was due to his cry. Do not miss this. But due to his cry, God exposed the hollow place and began to make something come out of emptiness. As the water began to flow, Samson himself reached in and drank the water, and the Spirit came again, which led him to renaming the place that he had just named, the place of casting away of the natural. He renames it to Enhakor, which means the well of him that cried. What he was simply saying is the same thing that David said in Psalms 34 and 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all of his troubles. What Samson was saying was when I cried, the Lord heard, and now he has delivered me. This morning the cry of the saints cannot be overstated. I know you may get tired of hearing us talk about prayer and making petitions before heaven and going into seasons of prayer and fasting. But you hear me this morning. You need to hear the word of the Lord. For in this season, we find ourselves in a place where God is calling us back to covenant relationship. Now, if I take you back to Judges chapter 13, I know it would be a little different this morning. Just indulge me, please. Judges chapter 13. Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Manoah is married to a wife that has a womb that is barren. But the angel of the Lord comes 
and says, I know that you're barren, but you shall bring forth a son. But then he says to her, by the way, beware. What he was saying is, wake up, pay attention to what I'm getting ready to tell you is very important. He was simply saying, what's getting ready to happen in your womb is something that is ordained by God, and he has a purpose. That's why even Jeremiah, simply the Lord said to him, before I formed thee in the womb of your mother, I knew thee, and I knew the plans that I had for you. Listen, I'm not talking about a natural birth now, but there is a spiritual birth that's getting ready to take place. As we close out 2020, going into 2021, please hear me. The Lord began to put into my spirit to simply tell you this, that you have got to come back to a place of covenant relationship because there is a womb that's been in the church that's been barren it hasn't been producing salvation it hasn't been producing deliverance because it's been barren because we've been under judgment because of the evil that we have embraced but God says I am bringing forth a deliverance and he said that deliverance is going to come out of the womb of my church now you hear me this morning and out of this womb he's saying it's going to be from its infant stage it's going to be uncovenant with me it's going to be different And therefore, you and I, as we are carrying this, we're going to have to change our behavior. Makes you shout, right? Because he was simply saying this. If I can put it in modern-day terminology for you, for you to get this. Manoah's wife setting, all of a sudden the angel of the Lord comes and says, Guess what? I'm going to awaken your womb. You're going to bring forth a son. Oh, but by the way, know this. From this day forward, I pray thee that you will hear me. You can no longer drink Mountain Dew and eat Reese Cups. You can no longer have chocolate cake. You can no longer have all of this stuff that tastes so good to you in your life. Those things that make the flesh feel so wonderful and altogether lovely, you're going to have to say no to that stuff because, listen, I'm getting ready to do a new thing, and you've got to make sure you put some healthy things in there. Hear me. The American church... And this number is probably even less now because my research is a little dated. 33% of Christians in America, 33% pray every day. The other 67% simply say this, well, it depends on what kind of day I'm having, whether I pray or not. Really. The average length of prayer for the Christian in America is under five minutes. But yet we want to walk with the supernatural power of God. We will put the age group between 35 and 50 on average right now is spending over 50 hours a week on social media. But we want to give five minutes a day, five times seven is 35. So we're going to give 35 minutes a day to God, but we're going to give 50 hours to social media. But yet we're powerful men and women of God. Really. I'm not without hope this morning, though. Stay with me. Noah's wife hears these words. you got to come into a place of covenant relationship with me because what you're getting ready to carry forth and give birth to from your womb is going to be in covenant with me from its womb. 
1986, if there was ever a gentleman that was a man of God in the 20th century, I would stand here and tell you without hesitation, it was Pastor David Wilkerson, prophet of God. 1986, he has a vision. This is part of what he sees. I see a plague coming on the world, and the bars, the churches, and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit. And out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. I stand here and believe that 30 some odd years ago, the Lord allowed David Wilkerson to see the year 2020. Bars, churches, and government has shut down. New York City has been shaken like it never has outside of 9-11. And we find for the first time that prayerless believers have been forced to a place of prayer. And they've been searching out the things of God's Word. And all of this now, for the last few weeks, we're beginning to hear from the platforms across America, repent, repent, repent. So this morning, I'm going to close with this. I want you to hear the word of the Lord. We find ourselves in a place where God is calling us to covenant relationship because what we are about to give birth to is going to walk in covenant with him in a very unique manner. There is a deliverance anointing that's coming upon a generation. Your sons and daughters is getting ready to experience the power of God like you and I have never saw. And the Holy Ghost is going to sit down upon this generation and upon the people of God, and they are going to be endued with fresh power of His Holy Spirit. The noise of the enemy that we are currently hearing, I heard the Lord say very clearly, He said, be patient. It is going to be dealt with swiftly. I'm not cause, he said, I am now causing a fire to be kindled inside of my church. And that which has had them bound is getting ready to be burned off. Two things that he said in my spirit in recent days that was going to be changed. He said, I'm burning off the spirit of religion and I'm burning off the spirit of intimidation off of my people. He says, provision has now been strategically placed for the people of God is getting ready to experience my provision much like Samson did when he found the new jawbone setting at that time. There is a level of anointing getting ready to be released that the world has not yet seen, says the Lord. But it comes when we humble ourselves before him. There is a multitude of individuals that's about to be silenced by the anointing, says the Lord. The current cry from my people, says the Lord, is causing me to clave out a hollow place in this hour. He says, I am now presently 
revealing the falsehoods of an antichrist church in this nation. I'm calling forth the water of my spirit and I'm going to place that in those hollow places and there will be freshness of my spirit, says the Lord. For those that will drink in this hour, their spirit will be revived and they will encounter me. The Lord would say it is in this season that I'm no longer going to allow evil to prevail. The gates of fortified places is getting ready to be picked up and taken off their hinges and carried to the top of the hill. And there is going to be destruction come to those that thought they could always get away with what they've been doing. God is getting ready to allow his church. And I heard the Lord say this very clearly in my spirit. I am now answering the cry of my people. And they will witness my glory. Hear me, church. We're in a place right now where there's an exposing of the hollow places, the emptiness. But there is getting ready to be a supernatural encounter where the Spirit is getting ready to flow again. And the water of the Spirit is getting ready to bring strength to the church. And it's getting ready to bring a reviving to the church and a generation it's going to experience the goodness and the power of God. That's why you and I today cannot be found silent. You look through the story of Samson's life, and you will find, it says, when he cried unto the Lord, the Lord supernaturally came and delivered him. You and I today are not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places. The heaviness and the attacks of the enemy in the spiritual realm is something that cannot be ignored. It's something that has to be addressed and dealt with. But listen, you're not fighting with your spouse. You're not fighting with your children. You're fighting against spiritual wickedness. And the enemy is wanting to disrupt. But I come to tell you today, that there is an exposing of the hollow place not to bring embarrassment or shame but to bring about a rebirthing of the Holy Spirit of God so that men and women can drink of something that's real that's something that is life-giving where they can begin to experience the presence of God again that's why we must cry aloud that's why in the rest of this year you need to be found praying you need to be found praying and cease, uh, without ceasing, laying before the Lord in such a manner because can I tell you, I stand believing that we are on the brink of a great awakening in this hour. But it does not come without a price. Samson had to cry unto the Lord. When the children of Israel was in bondage in Egypt and they cried unto the Lord, there was one on the backside of the desert tending sheep and the Lord visited him and said Moses I want you to be a deliverer of my people from a barren place came a deliverer from a barren womb came a deliverer from a barren church in America is getting ready to be the presence of the delivering power the Holy Spirit that is not going to just touch this nation, but it's going to touch the nations of the world. And that's why there's such conflict right now. 
But your sons and daughters are about to prophesy. They're about to have an encounter with God. Isn't that worth crying one more time for? As they come to the music this morning, we find that I wish Samson's story ended there because it would save a lot of grief that we see that he did and experienced. But you know if you was to read on, you would find that Samson himself, and it's really a picture of how dangerous it is if you stop putting your trust in the Lord. Shortly after this, Samson got his eyes on Delilah. It cost him his vision. God help us not to get our eyes on something that's going to cost us our vision. After he had laid his head in the lap of the enemy, and some could say that the church has already proceeded and done that to a certain degree, I agree with that. After all of those events, chapter 16 of Samson's life, we find that after he told the secret of his strength, and after they'd walked in and cut his hair, put out his eyes, took him down to the prison house and made him start grinding meal like an old donkey or an old thought they was going to make sport of him. They pulled him out and was getting ready to take him to the Colosseum and they was going to laugh and jeer and as they was laughing and mocking him, saying oh, his days has come and gone. He gave us problems then but now we've conquered him and we've taken his sight, taken his vision. He is no longer a threat to us and they mocked him and they laughed at him a world is laughing and mocking at the church and at the prophets today as we've seen men raise their hands this year in defiance and really simply in blaspheming saying God's not able to do miracles anymore to even here in recent days of those that are spewing poison all across this land Simply saying the only way anything will ever turn around would simply be if it really was a miracle. Very sarcastically saying, Ah, oh, that church stuff, that's that's beyond us now. We have we have all surpassed that. We there's no longer Jesus is the way. Heaven forbid you say Christmas. No, no, no. It's about all roads lead. They wasn't counting. They, they missed a crucial point in history. They failed to understand the very thing that they cut off had began to regrow. There began to be a coming back into covenant. See, it wasn't about the hair. It was about the covenant. 
And what many are failing to understand, even in the walls of the church every Sunday morning. Ah, I know I've heard those stories. But what they fail to understand is that there is a remnant of people that's coming back in the covenant. You could say it this way. The hair is beginning to grow again in the church. I may not have the ability to see everything. I may not have the ability to do what I did before when I was 18 or what have you. But I still believe if a generation will just lead me to the pillar. Samson said, I I, I can't do what I did before. I may not be able to pick up a jawbone and I may not be able to slay a thousand men. I may not be able to go capture 300 foxes and tie their tails together anymore. But oh God, if you would just anoint me one more time and if you would let this generation just take me to the pillar, Lord, I'm even okay with dying with my enemy. But God, I'm not okay with them mocking your name and saying that there is nothing to you. Can I tell you today, I am fine if the world doesn't know my name. But one thing I am not fine with is that they don't know that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is all power and all authority. I am not okay with a generation going to the house of God week in and week out and never seeing somebody saved, delivered, and set free. I'm not okay with that. But in this moment, when people are weeping and crying before God, I want you, I know I didn't come with a very elegant message today. Maybe I rambled more than anything, but today, please hear me. God is saying, I'm exposing, I'm opening up, and in this hollow place, uh, a church that has full of form, uh, that has full of religious activity, uh, I am going to allow a river to begin to flow. Uh, And I'm here to tell you this morning uh, that there's some Samsons uh, that's about to put their hands on some pillars, uh, and there's some things that's about to crumble in this nation, uh, and God is going to be glorified uh, by the end of this year. and men are going to know that God is still God. This morning, my prayer is this, Lord, if there's an empty place in me, expose it so that water can flow out of it. Lord, if I think that I'm something that I'm not, Lord, expose it so that there can be freshness begin to flow out of it. Listen, it's wonderful that you can say, I've been saved forever how many years and I've been filled with the Spirit ever. But what about now? Is there anything fresh flowing now in your life? I've said it often in the last several weeks, but allow me to say it one more time. He loves us too much to leave us where we are and to leave us in the condition that we are. And that's why he's exposing not just evil out there, but he's exposing the emptiness in here. And he's saying, I've got to expose it because I have to create that place where there can begin to be water flowing again. And if we'll do what Samson did, we will experience the reviving of a spirit inside of us 
this morning, if there's ever been a need for a revived church, it's right now. As we stand all over the house today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you this morning. today and you would simply say you know what a lot of stuff that's been going on in my life has just kind of opened up and I realized that yeah this there's a lot of emptiness around me a lot of uncertainty around me can I tell you today that it's still Jesus Christ David Platt in one of his books was writing. He walked up and he asked a monk, he said, why are you doing all these things that you're doing? He said, so that I can find peace and rest. He said, so how are you going to obtain peace and rest? looked at him and simply said this I don't know I'm still searching I'm so thankful today that we don't have to keep searching because there is one by the name of Jesus simply said come unto me all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest he said take my yoke upon you and you'll find that my burden is light you know he's not He's not coming with a list of do's and don'ts to you this morning. Here's all that Jesus is saying to you and I in this season. Two words. The same two words that he said to Peter, James, and John. And many others throughout history. He's just simply saying to you and I right now these two words. Follow me. I'm going to ask you this morning. Can you honestly, can you honestly say without hesitation this morning, I'm not asking if you're saved, I'm not asking if you're filled with, I'm not asking that. I'm asking you, can you answer this question with 100% confidence? Are you following Jesus? So what do you mean by that, Pastor? Is his will your will? Is his desire for your life your desire? Are you in lock and step with him moving forward for your family, for your community, for this nation, for the nations of the world? What is it that drives you today? Is it the career? Is it something else? Or is it really... Great Commission. Matthew 28 has not been rewritten. It has not changed for the 21st century. But it's still simply go. To all the world. We have to ask ourselves the question 
before we even get to the world, have we even really went to our family? Have we went to our neighbor? Have we went to our community? Have we went to our city? We've become so focused inwardly about obtaining success by the world's standard that we have failed to be the church. And I've heard people say this and it's so disturbing. Well, when they get ready, they'll come. I can understand that to a certain degree, but at the same time, I also know that the word of the Lord says, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. You know what that means? It means to go love people right where they're at, sit down right in the middle of their mess and tell them, Jesus loves you and so do I. pray that the hollow place is exposed but I also pray that God would grant us grace and mercy in this season that once again the water of his spirit would just begin to flow and he didn't just let it flow just to flow but he did it so that what he was simply saying to Samson in that moment Samson weak, overwhelmed, sitting in the midst of carnage and death. All around him, the Lord begins to let water flow, and he's simply saying this, Samson, you can stay in this realm, or you can come and follow me, and you can take of what I give. Samson made a choice. You and I find ourselves in a lot of carnage, a lot of death, a lot of darkness right now in this nation, the nations of the world. We can sit and let that be our norm, or we can hear what God is saying, and he's simply saying, come follow me. He said, there's a flowing of my spirit. You can have a form, and you can deny the power thereof, but Paul told Timothy, from such turn away, you can stay there. Or you can come and you can experience this. And you can experience strength come to your body. And you can experience your spirit revive. Maybe today you're just tired. Maybe you're just weak. Maybe you're just weary. Can I tell you, there's a spirit of God that's flowing today in this nation that was not flowing in the manner that's flowing right now just a few months ago. But it's happening. Things is changing. And God is saying, will you come? Will you follow me? Listen, this ain't about being religious, but this is about being men and women that's in relationship with Him. If you'll begin to take, if you'll begin to take of the water that's flowing, there is going to begin to be some greater victories in the days ahead. I want us to pray together this morning. Maybe you're, I don't do this often. I'm just going to ask you right now just to bow your head, every eye closed just for a moment. sound of my voice today and you'd say pastor I'm a little tired I'm a little weary
I've just felt a little overwhelmed in recent days. Maybe you don't even know, you can't say that something, one thing is wrong, but you just feel the intensity and you just, you just feel overwhelmed. And if that's you, I want you to just lift your hand and just put it back down all over this house. I want to pray for you this morning. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands all over the building today. Here's what I want you to do right where you're standing. I want you to pray with me. And I want you to just make a fresh commitment saying, Lord, with your help, I will come and follow you. Lord, in this season, in this season, I want to be found faithful. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning we love you. We thank you for the men and women under the sound of our voice today. I thank you for the privilege to stand and teach and preach for a few moments of your word. Lord, first of all, I say I want to say thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you, Lord, that we are not alone. Thank you, Lord, that we are that we are your children and that we've been adopted. And Lord, we thank you that you love us. Oh, how you love us. And Lord, we thank you that you are our source and our strength, that you are our high tower. You're the one that we run into. Lord, you are our deliverer. Lord, today in your word, it teaches us that we are not to grow weary in well-doing because if we faint not in due season, we will reap. And Lord, right now, there is a spirit of heaviness that's trying to come upon the people of God in these times of uncertainty, times of everything that we are so accustomed to has been altered and turned upside down and Sometimes it's hard to navigate through, God, if we're just honest with you this morning. Father, for those that lifted their hands and all the others in this room, I just pray that in this very moment of time that there would just be a peace and a rest that only comes by your Holy Spirit. I pray today for the one that may just feel a little overwhelmed and says, I just don't know how much more I can take. Lord, I pray right now that you would just comfort them. Lord, that you would just wrap your arms and love around them and that you would just let them sense you cradling them even in this very moment. And Lord, I pray that their breath would just come easy right now. That spirit of anxiousness. Lord, let it subside. Maybe even that spirit of fear that the enemies tried to place upon men and women because of the unknown. We speak against that today and we decree and declare for them to walk from this place with a sound mind. Lord, today, I don't just pray for them, but I pray for their, their children, their grandchildren, their extended family. Lord, and I pray that, Lord, that there would just be, Lord, just a flowing of your spirit in such a manner in their families. Lord, that there would begin to be a spirit of awakening and reviving that would come and Lord that even those that have went wayward Lord that they would begin to awaken and come to themselves and say you know what in the Father's house is more than enough Lord we thank you for the increase that's coming to your people Lord we thank you for the provision that's been made 
We thank you for the darkness that's about to be dispelled and the illuminating light of your kingdom that's getting ready to shine in a very unique way that's going to bring glory and honor to you. We thank you for that. Now today, Lord, if there's one under the sound of our voice, Lord, that needs a healing touch, I pray for the healing virtue just to begin to flow into their life. Maybe their mind needs to be healed. Their spirit needs to be healed. Maybe they need a physical touch today. Lord, I pray right where they are that they would just have faith believing that by your stripes they are healed. Lord, today, I give you praise and glory for it. Now, Lord, as we stand in your presence together, as we pray as individuals but also pray corporately, Lord, in this time of exposing, this time of the revealing of the emptiness, Lord, we ask and we pray a prayer of repentance. We say, God, forgive us for not being the church that you've called us to be in days gone by. Forgive us for being content. Forgive us for sitting in apathy. Forgive us, God, for not desiring all that you have for us and Lord today as we call out to you and cry out to you knowing that we are utterly dependent upon you I pray for the freshness of your Holy Spirit Lord in your word it said you did not leave us comfortless but that you sent your Holy Spirit and he's moving across the, the globe today and he's searching for a place to abide Lord we welcome him here We welcome him in our lives. We welcome him into this ministry. We welcome him into this sanctuary. And Father, I pray that there would be an enduing of power upon this group of people. Lord, those that have experienced the baptism of your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that you would refill them with freshness. Lord, maybe those that have never experienced the, the, the infilling of your Holy Spirit, I pray that this would be the time and the season of their life that they would experience it. Lord, that they would just believe that it is a gift that you have given for all to receive. Lord, we ask for that gift today for your people so that they can be witnesses in their Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Lord, we want to be found faithful. We want to be found doing. Lord, we want to take the great commission and make it the great completion because we know it is not your desire that any man would be lost. So, Father, today I pray that you would equip us and that you would send us as laborers unto the harvest and that we would bring in this harvest in this season. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to do so. Lord, we ask now as we prepare to leave this house, but not your presence. Lord, that you would go with every family, every individual. We pray that you would shine brightly upon them and give them blessed peace. Let them be blessed going in. Let them be blessed going out. Let everything that their hands touch, let it prosper. Lord, give them divine favor as they continue to follow after you. Let unexpected favor come to their businesses and their places of employment because of their walk with you. Lord, give them windows of opportunity and doorways of opportunity this week to share the greatest message for humanity, that Jesus came, he died, 
rose again so that we could have life. We ask it and we pray this in your precious name. And the church says, amen. Hi everybody, this is Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you and God bless you.